right. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be. Thank you for joining us. Another episode of Catching Up with Jacob. Jacob, how are you this uh, afternoon? I am depressed when I look at the newspaper, but encouraged when I look at the Bible. <laughs> and we do need to keep our noses in the Bible and our knees on the ground praying. Absolutely. Uh, Jacob, thank you for joining us. We got a lot to catch up on. Uh, thank you for your 9-11 video last week. It was, it was really, really good. And a lot of people commented on it. And uh, thank you for your insight and your personal testimony on that day. The Lord is coming soon. Amen. Uh, Jacob, any particular thing before we get started? Any, uh, anything you want to let our viewers know? What's going on with the Bible study? And some Yeah, your- we'll be continuing our study in Philippians. We're up to Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. That'll be on Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, UK time. But also... Uh, we will be looking at when the foundations crumble from Psalms 11 on RTN, Word for the Weekend, which is late night on Saturday, but it is live streamed late night Saturday on RTN, also on Moriel TV, 11 p.m. UK time, which is 6 p.m. Eastern time and 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. That will be the Word for the Weekend when the foundation when the foundations crumble, Psalm, Psalms chapter eleven, eleventh Psalm. Please join us. Thank you, Jacob, for letting us remind reminding us of uh, not only the time in which we live in, the history in which we live in, but also the Lord of History that tells us He's in control of all things. Yes, um, our viewers ask a lot of times. We do have a Moriel Facebook page. Uh, and we welcome new subscribers. We also have Be Alert, our electronic newsletter, uh, freely available. And we also, in addition, have, of course, moriel.org, our main website. There are separate websites for Japan, Canada, Australia, uh, Israel now, uh, but and, and Holland, Netherlands, Moriel Europe. But moriel.org is the main one. Please come visit us. Amen. Lots of good stuff. Lots of good articles and avail yourself to many different languages. So praise the Lord for that. Um, Jacob, let's get started. Let's get catching up with Jacob done. All right, Jacob, last week we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but Biden's uh, terrible speech, his terrible speech that has made this country the divided states of America. He is the divider in chief. There's no doubt in my mind. He is a divider in chief the polarizing speech. Jacob, we stepped into something we've never had before in America, which is basically tyranny from the executive branch, bypassing the legislature, the legislative branch for sure, the judicial one for sure. We stepped into tyranny yet in America. We have, but not to the degree Australia has, but we're going the same way. It's not just the United States, it's other countries, Canada and Australia and New Zealand or further down that line than the United States is. So although we take an American focus, if you're in America, it is not an American phenomenon. It's very much global. Correct. And and of course, uh, um, all of these countries in the world are looking at America and going, what has happened? And many of them are adjusting their policies, whether it's military policy, economic policies, because they just can't trust this president anymore. They just can't trust him. You've had corrupt presidents before with corrupt administrations. 
Barack Obama being one, obviously, Richard Nixon being another. Okay, Obama was like the democratic version of Nixon. He uh, weaponized and politicized the national security apparatus and what's now called the uh, deep state intelligence community and the IRS for his own purposes as political police forces. Okay, Nixon did that, Obama did that. We've had corrupt administrations before. But with Obama, you have a remarkable combination. You have a combination of corruption and unbelievable incompetence. Jimmy Carter was not incompetent in terms of his, was in, his, sorry, rephrasing. Jimmy Carter was not a competent president. He, he did not have an aptitude for the job. Everything he touched turned to garbage. He just could not do the job, okay? But he was not personally inept in terms of his faculties. He was in charge of his own faculties. With Joe Obama, with Biden, you have somebody who's corrupt, somebody who is incompetent, but somebody who is personally inept due to what seems to be an incipient senility. Not only does he want to force this mandate of vaccines against uh, uh, the American people, and it's no longer a choice, by the way, it's no longer a choice. He, he, he made that very clear. It's mandated now through executive orders, uh, which is another issue there, whether it's constitutional or not. That's another story we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. But he's also threatened to find companies that won't abide by this, uh, in, even in the private sector, if you have more than 100 employees, you can be fined up to $14,000 violation, which the White House reiterated. It is true. You'll be punished if you don't follow Biden's mandates. Absolutely. The government by fiat. Barack Obama, when he couldn't get what he wanted through the Congress, when the American voters voted against him in the Congress um, and, and elected a Congress that was not going to pass his legislation, he said, I can't do it by Congress, but I have a but I have a cell phone, and, uh, <laughs> and a cell phone, yeah. And, oh, and, and he just did it by pen and cell phone, by fiat. Um, these executive orders uh, need need to be constitutionally restricted. In theory, they are, but in practice, they're not. These people are just doing what they want. Now, if you don't have a Congress that's willing to stand up to you. If the Congress is of your own party, they'll go along with it. Yeah. If you have agenda as judges, they will go along with it. Mm -hmm. He said, we have been patient with you and our patience is running thin. I mean, he sounded more like a, you know, this, an angry parent scolding his children, you know, for not listening to more than a president who's trying to According to his own words, before he became president, he was trying to unite the country. He's well, the leaders, be they Republicans like Nixon, or Barack Obama, or Biden, they're dictatorial figures. Yeah. They're dictatorial figures. Um, this was a problem right from the foundations of the United States. It went back to the presidency of John Adams, uh, who saw himself as an elected monarch, basically. Um, <laughs> thinking of the British model where Parliament would restrict the powers of, of, of Parliament, only the president was an elected monarch. This constitutionally has always been a, a latent issue, but now it's come to the forefront. 
Right. The only other time we've seen this happen is in the Civil War. The liberties taken by Abraham Lincoln in the Civil War, where you would have the arrest of journalists for, for publishing material that was politically unfriendly to the cause of the Lincoln administration. Uh, you know, we all know about the good side of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, and, we, and we all admire Abraham Lincoln, but let's not forget, had he not been assassinated, he, he would not be remembered with the vir virtual canonized sainthood he is. Had he not been, same was true of JFK. JFK would not be remembered as, as the canonized saint he is had he not been assassinated. Well, either would Abraham Lincoln. Now, Abraham Lincoln was a great man who did great things, but he could be, he, in the Civil War, he, under those pressures, he was quite despotic and he violated the Constitution. Um, you had people being imprisoned without trial simply yeah. as, as, as a political convenience. Um, there were all kinds of things of this nature happening, but this is the worst. What we're experiencing now is the worst since the Civil War. Yeah, and it's not just the, 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 the health process, which is the circumventing of yes. course, Congress and the Supreme Court, but uh, other things we'll get to in a moment. But Jacob, I, I think about this and, I, and, I, and because of the hypocrisy that people see Biden doing this, the hypocrisy is, is it's, it's outstanding. Uh, members of Congress are exempt from his executive order. Certain unions are exempt from his executive order. So it's, it's some of the ones who have and the ones who have not. Again, this is Stalinism. The apartheid, the party apparatus, the elitists, the professional revolutionaries. It's exact Stalinism. There's two classes, the masters and slaves. The only thing is, wherever you have socialism, they misrepresent themselves as being the party of the people. Yeah. When they're not, they're not the party of the people. They're the party of, of the neo-Tsarists. In Russia, the Politburo was simply the new Tsars. They were the new Romanovs, only worse in certain reasons, only worse than the Romanovs. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's always what you have when you have socialism and communism. You will yeah. always have the Tsarist government pretending to be the party of the people. Like Castro. Castro imprisoned 10,000 journalists. The people of Cuba, their lot did not improve at all beyond a very limited point. And, and, and it's, then it stayed extremely low. But Castro and Raul and the party apparatus, they continue to live like aristocrats. Absolutely. It's, it's always that. It was Nicaragua was that. It's everywhere it was like that. What yeah. you were doing is voting for aristocrats to enslave the mass population in yeah. the name of being the party of social justice. <laughs> Believe me, you, you I well, I do not know how people can be so stupid as to believe that a political line being funded by billionaires and being supported by robber barons like Zuckerberg and Dorsey and Bezos and above all Soros, multi-billionaires would not be supporting this agenda unless it was in their own interest. It yeah. is not real socialism even. It is monopolism. Yeah. It's not, cap it's not real capitalism, and it's not real socialism. It's monopolism. This yeah. is what you had in the Soviet Union. The party controlled everything, and the elite controlled the party. Yeah, absolutely. And in some ways, it's like a technocracy, you know, because a lot of these guys are in the tech 
world, the government yes. using them, they're using the, the, the government to enslave the people. Jacob, but I, I found a workaround around this. I found a workaround. I found a way that you and I can escape the, 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 the Biden administration's, uh, um, you know, his, his tentacles. Uh, we should go down to Mexico, Mexico yeah. our citizenship and come over illegally. And, and we'll, we'll get free housing and we'll get free food and free money. We go wherever you want to go. They'll put you there. Uh, all tongue in cheek. But the, the reality is this is what's happening. Uh, illegal immigrants. Yeah, illegal immigrants get all the exemptions. They, they actually don't have to be tested. No. Nope. Every, everyone else has to be tested, but not people entering the country illegally. This is the corruption of Biden, his administration, and of the Democratic Party nationally. And there's enough stupid people to vote for him. Jacob, I have a question. If, if they, can, they can use this, if the powers that be can use this to, to get you a, a medical procedure, what else can they make you do? You know what I'm saying? If they can Once make you, you control the health system with an aging population now, you can get people to do anything. That's why they wanted Obamacare. Yeah. Just look uh, at the fiasco of Obamacare. Barack Obama was a serial liar. He lied 31 times on television nationally. 31 times he lied, he lied, he lied again. With this program put together by Rahm Emanuel's brother and these other people, he just lied and lied and lied. He said, if you like the healthcare plan you already have, you'll be able to keep it. He lied 31 <laughs> times. The man is nothing but a serial, unprincipled, godless liar. Nobody can dispute he lied 31 times. He also said the average family's health costs would be not above $2,500 a year. Again, that's another lie. The cost of health care went up in every state by at least 40 percent, on average 60 percent, the exception being Arizona, where it went up 117 percent. Even the computer systems didn't even work. This was Obamacare. It was not about health care. It was about population control, political control. That's what it was about. Yeah. You're right, Jacob. Mandates, these mandates are about power and about control. And I could imagine if you disagreed with them, they could actually call you mentally ill and give you a drug for it and just say- Same as the Soviet Union. Same yeah. as the Soviet Union. Now, take a look at this quote, Jacob, before we move on. Uh, it says, your fellow Americans, this is Biden's quote, your fellow Americans are dangerous to you. It says they could kill you. And that includes your family. I mean, what kind of a president goes on and, and, and divides the country, says there's people around you that can kill you, so you, even your family? I, I mean, it's, it's got everybody despondent. This is what Goebbels did in Nazi Germany. This is what Stalin did. Yeah. Jacob, uh, but there's some resistance, to say the least, but that's not coming from Congress or Senate no. or Supreme Court. These are from people. Uh, now, in your native New York, which tends to be uh, heavily blue, heavily Democratic, uh, we, we've never been there together to these baseball games, but at City Field where the Mets play yes. and we're playing the Yankees, of course, you know that pretty well. Uh, the chant, F. Biden, football games in the Southern Conference down in the South, uh, college games, young people, F. Biden. If this I wasn't is the a Christian, I would say it in church. Oh, man. 
Um, it wasn't just sporting events, Jacob, because it's, it's already, uh, by the way, CNN says, oh, you know, people are, are chanting that they're spreading the virus. So we, we can't have people chanting because they're spreading the virus. This is CNN. But it wasn't just sporting events. It was also at the memorial in 9-11, the 9-11 memorial. He was booed. Yes. Um, is he, is he, are the people seeing through this, Jacob, even though maybe the, the, the Congress and leaders? I would not- like to believe this is an upsurge of populism. But again, and New York and California and Illinois, to a degree, certainly to a degree in Pennsylvania, but above all, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, and California, and the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest, Oregon, and Washington, the yeah. average person, the average person is a moron. Smart people leave. Basically. I mean, if you have to go to the extent of actually um, excusing some of these things, right? Excusing some of these basic blunders and terrible governors and terrible uh, executive orders. If you have to excuse them as saying, well, they're just out for our good. I just think people have been brainwashed, Jacob, for many years in the schools and they have no ability to really reason and think. The schools and the teachers unions, again, we've said it many times, are not there to teach people how to think. They're there to teach them what to think and what not to think. Jacob, I, I got I got to read this this poll to you. This was done by CNN, of all people, right? Of all things, uh, CNN poll finds that Americans are very to somewhat angry. Seventy four percent of the adults that were polled, that were surveyed, uh, are angry at the administration. Uh, that includes a lot of Republicans, of course, but 72% independent are angry with them. So uh, 60% of Americans don't believe it's constitutional what he's doing. So perhaps the people are not going to go along with it, but I, I guess there's a large portion of the population that will go along with it. The majority of the population believe that the detention of people involved in the Capitol protests on January 6th, are political prisoners. Yes. Look, it comes down to this. If you were in San Francisco and you voted for Newsom and you voted for Pelosi and whatever, and Willie Brown and people like that, you deserve to open your front door and have to step over a puddle of urine. Oh, yeah. You deserve to see hypodermic needles on the sidewalk in front of your house. You deserve to have a business where somebody can rob you for up to $950 and not be arrested for shoplifting. You deserve that because that's what you said you deserve. That's what you voted for. I do not pity you. I pity your children, but I don't pity you. The mainstream media, Jacob, plays it like this. Uh, this is CNN, this is MSNBC in a nutshell. Well, Biden is not forcing anybody to do anything. You just don't have to participate in the economy. You can stay at home. You can school your children at home. You can shop online. You don't have to take it because it's not a mandate. You just can't be around anybody else. What's wrong with that thinking, Jacob? And why would anybody agree with that? Because first of all, they know it is not functionally possible for that to happen. There must be interaction. Some people can work from home, but what that kind of a proposal does is turn a home into a prison. It's house arrest. 
They want to put 50% of the population or more under house arrest. That's crazy. But th that's what we're living under right now. That's it. The misuse of a pandemic to put the population under house arrest. Jacob, he said, if any governor steps in his way, he will do his, he'll use the extent of his executive power to get them out of the way. Yep. Uh, this is abrasive. This is, uh, I never heard a president ever say that about governors. What you have to understand is because of Nadler and Schiff and Schumer and Pelosi and to a degree Feinstein and Durbin, that impeachment was taken from being a juridical procedure to a political one. Hmm. They did that twice with Trump, even once after he left office. Yeah. So impeachment is now not about law enforcement or it's not about justice or it's not about anything other than politics. <laughs> you simply use it as a political tool. Yeah. So if you can't get the necessary quorum, if you can't beat the filibuster, if you can't get enough votes in your own party, uh, I'm sorry, enough votes in Congress to get the agenda you want, you do it by fiat. You let the president violate the Constitution because his own party is not going to impeach him because impeachment is no longer a constitutional or a juridical procedure. Schiff and Nadler turned it into a political one. Um, you have the failure, the breakdown of democracy. We've been saying, I've been saying for decades, and I'm not the first one or the only one. I'm only speaking for myself. We've been saying for decades that when a nation turns its back on God and on the Judeo-Christian scriptural principles that engendered democratic government and freedom, democracy, the democracy is going to disappear. And that's exactly what is happening. It's directly proportionate to the failure of the church, directly proportionate to the moral breakdown of the society. It's directly proportionate to those things. When a nation turns its back on God, no longer live by his principles, his principles will no longer apply and work. Yeah, very true, Jacob. Uh, now, Jacob, moving to another disaster that uh, uh, Biden has caused is, of course, Afghanistan in the Middle East. Uh, Michael Morell, which is, was Obama's CIA director at one time, uh, absolutely came out on, on TV. I, can, I can't believe they actually allowed him to go on TV, CBS News. Uh, he has absolutely inspired jihadists all over the world, Mike Morell says. Now, this yeah. is Obama's CIA director uh, who's being honest about it. He says there's a big celebration in the Muslim world because Biden is president. Jacob, is he wrong? Is he right? Is he? No, is he's he, right. He's right. Once in a while, you'll get a member of the establishment who tells the truth. Yeah, I mean, you can't believe people like Clapper or Brennan, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think maybe Burrell has a conscience. But he, he told the truth. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a celebration. He says, uh, Jacob, you've been to the Middle East. And you know what jihadists is. You know what is. I've lived in the Middle East for years. Yeah. Uh, what's the mentality there? How do they see Biden? How do they see a weak president and the problems that go are going on, plus the pull out of Afghanistan? How do they interpret that? Fundamentalist Muslims will see it as the victory and the jihad against the infidel. Hmm. That's how they interpret it. 
And if it happens in Afghanistan, they think it can happen in Israel. They mm. think it can happen in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> now they call America the great Satan, right? And then Israel. Around the those, yes. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, obviously, this is emboldened. Uh, Mike Morales says, is emboldened and inspired jihadist. So not just in the Middle East, but would you say America? Would you say jihadists all over the world can can strike? Is, is that basically what we're saying? What happened in Afghanistan will inspire both Sunni and Shia. When you bring Iran into the equation and speak of it in terms of Islam, you have to bear the Sunni-Shia divide in mind, okay? The West doesn't always, people in the West don't always see it that way, but right. anyone who understands the Middle East understands the divide between Saudi Arabia, the Gulf states, the Emirates, and Iran. It goes back to the Battle of Kobala. It's the great Sunni-Shia divide, okay? So it works something like this. The Sunni Muslims, like the House of Saud, will say, we're going to fund jihad. We're going to fund al-Qaeda. We're going to fund organizations tied to the Muslim Brotherhood, like the CAIR in the United States. And we know that Hamas is Muslim Brotherhood. We're going to fund that stuff through charities. It's not going to be the Saudi Arabian government doing it, but everybody knows the House of Saud is the Saudi Arabian government, a couple of thousand cousins, okay? <laughs> and they're going to fund charities, they call charities, that are going to fund these jihadist and pro-jihadist organs or people associated with radicalism. Even the CAIR, three times the Justice Department cited their association with charities funding radicalism. Okay, So that's how they do it. We're going to smile. We're going to lie. We're going to pretend we're not what we are. Don't come to our country and watch the Christians being beheaded. Don't come to our country and look at the human rights abuses. You have to ignore that the way Bush did and Cheney did. Don't look at what we really are in our own country. But when we come to you, we're going to smile. Okay. That's Sunni. Shia is the opposite. They just tell you what they are and what their intentions are. <laughs> That's the only difference. The Shia regime of, of, of Iran tell you what they are. Yeah. The Sunnis play the game of pretending to be something they're not, even though everybody in their right mind knows they are. Okay? <laughs> um, the British and American governments know well what the House of Saud is, what the Salafists are in Saudi Arabia, what they do to human rights, what they do to women's rights, what they do to Christians. Everybody knows what the House of Saud is. But the line was, they're our friends. Yeah. It had to do with the petrodollar and so forth. Absolutely. And with the oil contracts and so forth, this Cheney Bush and all this stuff. Yeah, and that's okay. going away very quickly. Yeah, so there was that. Now that that's in trouble, Iran has attacked a refinery in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And the situation was going on with the Houthis in, in Yemen. Mm -hmm. The House of Saud is in a precarious state. Okay, so Iran sees this as an opportunity. The Iranians will say, this is Allah giving us victory against the Muslim infidel. Mm. The Iranian mullahs look upon the Salafist Sunnis 
as Islamic infidels or as apostate Muslims? Because of their relationship with the West. Because the relationship with the West, but also going back to the Battle of Kabbalah. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. The Abu Bakir and Ali. Yes. Jacob, you mentioned Bush and Cheney, and, and Bush has been on the news lately. Uh, why, why is he the darling of the left now? Why has Bush become the darling of the left? Bush is the darling of the left for the following reason. Remember, he was never a conservative. Right. Yeah, he was a... He was, he, a was he was a Texas oil whore. That's all. Yeah. You know, there's a Texas oil whore, him and Cheney. Yeah. He said he was a Christian. Then huh? was a Christian, too. In Texas, was every politician's a Christian at election time. They're all born again at election time. Okay. Um, there he was, continuing to give express visas to Saudi Arabians for a full year after September 11th. Sell the country right down the river, no qualms, no questions. That was him and Cheney. Okay, that's what they were. Okay. Politically, the Democrats were their opponents. Then they painted him as a right-wing extremist, which he wasn't. He sold the country down the river the same as a Democrat would. Right. But when you have populism and you have a non-establishment Republican and you had someone like Donald Trump elected, and when you have this polarization in the country between the red and the blue states, people like Bush and Cheney who are Democrats who sit on the opposite side of the aisle. That's what I always said. Establishment Republicans like uh, Kasich in Ohio, people like this. Yeah. Or, or Arnold Schwarzenegger, whatever. These are just Democrats who sit on the opposite side of the aisle. When they're in power, they're the bad guys to the Democrats. But when you have a non-establishment figure, somebody who's not a creature of the swamp, because Democrats and Republicans both fall out of the same swamp. They're both swamp rats. Yeah. When you have somebody who doesn't come out of the swamp, then Bush becomes a moderate. You understand? <laughs> oh, he's a good Republican. D don't, don't get a conservative. Don't get a libertarian. Don't get anybody like Ron Paul or Donald Trump or anything. We don't want anybody like we, you know, we don't, don't want Ted Cruz. Get a good, if you're going to be a Republican, get a good one. Get a Democrat who sits on the opposite side of the aisle. Get a Bush. That's the way it works. Yeah. It's like two wings of the same dragon, right? Two the left one and the right one. Uh, Jacob, I want to know something else, too. Uh, I, I want to know what your thoughts are on Biden's overall health, because he keeps coughing. He keeps having these breakdowns. Uh, I also want to know, why do they keep shutting up his mic when he, he goes off on a tangent? Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to play a game, you know, ask Jacob 20 questions, but I like to know your take on this. The, the, Even the, during the campaign, they kept them locked up in a basement. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. It's they just know laugh. he's not compass mentis. Yeah. It's just they laugh know it before the election, he's not compass mentis. Yeah. I just find it hard to believe that, what was it, 80 million Americans voted for him? Over 80 million Americans voted for him. I, I just find it hard to believe that people would actually see a man like that who, uh, can't finish a sentence. He's coughing now all the time, which is very troublesome. I don't know what he has. And he they keep shutting up his mic. Uh, what's your take? Obviously, his carers are trying to keep him from politically embarrassing them. Mm. That's my take. They, they know what he is. But the other problem is, like Obama, 
he's surrounded by incompetence. Mm. Obama was surrounded by Valerie Jarrett, these, these ridiculous women who knew nothing. I mean, there's women who knew a lot, like Nikki Haley, but Obama had women who knew nothing. Valerie Jarrett and Susan Rice and these people, women who knew nothing, okay? Samantha Powers, I remember Samantha Powers. Yeah, uh, Samantha Powers was another one, and she, she was born in Ireland. Yeah, um, yeah that's right. You know, she had the, he, had, he liked these, Hillary Clinton, he liked incompetent women who knew nothing, okay? Well, Biden is, is similar. He, he, it's, it, it's not the women so much as, as with, with Obama. Obama played the male card and surrounded himself by his hens. He was the rooster with his hens, you understand? <laughs> Obama was a rooster with his hens. Biden is different. Biden is too old to, <laughs> too old to have any hens. So, but the people around him, Blinken, Jake Sullivan, obviously Susan Rice from the Obama administration. Older, um, yeah. The people around him, Garland, are either incompetent or enemies of the Constitution. Hmm. Hmm. Or That's both. True. Or both. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jacob, did you get to see Blinken at the? Uh, uh, he got called in to the to testify before the Senate about Afghanistan. Yes. Oh man. What a ridiculous figure! What does the world think when you have a foreign minister like that? We had one of the best. Pro uh, well, the, the world will call him a foreign minister. America will call him Secretary of State. Yeah. We had one of the best ones we ever had, a Mike Pompeo. One of the best we ever had was Mike Pompeo. In the United States. Now you've got probably the worst. The worst. He's even more, more inept than Madeleine Albright. Oh man, that's the, you reach to the bottom of the barrel there, Jacob. Yeah. That, that, that's well, this whole thing, you know, of, of being a ladies' man, Clinton, he got Janet Reno and Marilyn Albright. He he was Clinton was like that. Obama and Clinton, they were the ladies' man. You know what I mean? And they got these incompetent women who didn't know anything. And he was the rooster. <laughs> Obama is just, was like that. Clinton was like that. While Biden is just a geriatric old clown. Yeah. And they, they know it. Yeah. It, it was embarrassing about Blinken. I mean, there was no shred of confidence. Oh, he doesn't know anything. He's never <laughs> known anything. He couldn't even answer about the, the pullout and, and okay. why the even, arms The left-wing experts on foreign affairs who aren't stupid, like Aaron Miller. He's right. not stupid, but you can't trust him. You can't <laughs> trust him as far as you can spit. But he's not incompetent. He knows what he's doing. Right. Lincoln doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jacob, the other, the other mess, and I don't even know how to bring this up, but it's the invasion down in Texas. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about it before, before the episode. Uh, basically, Biden has surrendered the, the, the border. Not There's only that, he's saying we're not going to enforce federal law concerning protection of the borders and we will not allow the states to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the mandate of the federal government to protect the borders, not the states. And we're not doing it. So, but don't no you way. do it either because it's our mandate. This is what it comes to. Uh, now, I, I got to tell you this. There's about 10,000 uh, Haitian immigrants on the border. Of course. Near Del Rio Bridge in, in Texas. 
and um, they're just standing there. We have the footage. And uh, actually, the media, uh, like Fox News and other independent outlets, uh, actually had to file a lawsuit because the FAA, uh, commanded by Biden, is banning anyone taking footage, drone footage, and flying over the Del Rio Bridge. So they basically have set up a, uh, a, a no-fly zone yeah. over the area because they don't want any footage of what's They're really happening. They're trying to suppress the fair report of the facts by the media when it's not in their favor. Yeah. Now, 10,000 uh, Haitians, not, not just counting all those from the Mexico. violation of freedom of the press. Yeah. And they'll do it. Yeah. Elizabeth yeah. Warren campaigns for it, advocates <laughs> for it. Um, this Temporary. is what you're dealing with. Yeah. Now, the fact, let's just take the 10,000 Haitians. Black Lives Matter are manipulated politically into singing this stupid song of victimization about what white people did to them and it's the, the, everything is, is the fault of white people and it's all racist and we're the victims and that's it. That's what they thought. That's, that's the song that keeps being sung by Barack Obama's wife, Michelle Obama. This is what they keep perpetuating. Okay. Yeah. Haiti, as I've said, overthrew the French colonial rule in the 1700s. Hmm. For hundreds of years, Haiti has had a black government. Why are those people trying to get into the United States if white people are so bad? Why don't they want to stay in a black country? Or why do you see people swimming across the Mediterranean, coming up from black Africa through the Sahel, through the Sahara, trying mm -hmm. to get into Israel, trying to get into Europe? It's the fault of white people. These are countries with black governments that have had black governments in some cases for centuries. Look at Ethiopia. It has never had a white government. Right. Never. Mussolini tried to invade it. It, it never had a white government. Look at these countries. Why? And they racialize this issue. Yeah. No, the racialization is just political manipulation. Yeah, they don't, obviously, they don't care about them. They don't care about the Hispanic coming over. Yeah, uh, they call it special security reasons. That's why we don't want to let anybody know what's really happening. But the Jacob, they, they actually suspended. Uh, they shut down all the sector checkpoints uh, near the bridge so that the tension swells to 10,000. Nobody's coming in. Nobody can get out. It, it is a mess. It is a mess that it's ready. It's a powder keg ready to explode, yes. uh, as it were. Uh, down, down at the border, and then nothing's being done about it. He just keeps uh, Biden keeps going on this uh, uh, mandate thing. Uh, but you know, he is doing something to protect the, the country, though. He is doing something. He he's actually building a uh, gulag-like uh, uh, fencing around the Capitol yes. because this Saturday, guess who's going to be there? There's going to be a, a a march, a protest yes. for uh, called the J Six, the Justice for the Six, which are the the ones who are in prison for the January Six event. Uh, those who are in prison for the January 6th event, uh, people are going there to respond to uh, to pro protest why they're being held yes. in prison. Uh, so Biden does the, the I guess, the sensible thing. He builds a gulag-like fence around his capital so nobody can get in. Nobody can yes. get in. Storm of course. So he's good about that, but he can't protect the border. Absolutely. Oh, man. Now, um, we know about Elizabeth Warren. She's been uh, joining this idea of 
you know, misinformation. She's actually forcing the arm of Amazon to basically deplatform any book that goes against the narrative of the yeah. federal government, whether it's health or whether it's, um, you know, what happened on January 6th. Yeah, I talked about New York and Illinois and California and the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. To, the, to the index of morons, you can add Massachusetts and Rhode Island and Vermont. <laughs> oh, man. Um, now, the reason why, and this is, again, this is a Californian, Adam Schiff, who's been researching this, he, he's joined him in this attack against misinformation. You know, it's sort of a, uh, you know, he's got a vendetta against misinformation. He claims that 10% of Amazon research are related to misinformation. Basically, any book that is contrary to the narrative is misinformation. And, and these are books, Jacob, that are written by well-known doctors. If I tell you some of their names, it would have been like, yeah, he's a good doctor who wrote different opinions about what the narrative is. So you're banned from, I mean, they haven't banned him yet. I don't want to say that, but there is a big push by the government to All do All of censorship. Now let's look yeah. at Schiff. He's such an enemy of misinformation that he pushed for a presidential impeachment based on it. <laughs> yeah. That man's an enemy of democracy. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Here they call him- I would reopen Alcatraz just for him and he'd yeah. never get out. Yeah, I they call him Al Capone's old cell. <laughs> they call him Shifty Shift here because he's a bit shifty. Yep. He's, a bit, he's a bit of a slippery kind of figure, if you know what I mean. Uh, misinformation, and of course, uh, you know, maybe Jacob will start. To, maybe we we'll keep our books. We don't. We don't trade our books because they might have to do a yes. Fahrenheit four fifty one kind of thing. Yes, um, yes so is, they want an electronic Fahrenheit four fifty one. Exactly. Shift and, and Warren want. Oh man, this is crazy. But Jacob, it, it can't be outdone by what Miley is doing. This is outright treason. I'll say it straight out. We don't have to mince words. Look, it's if that treason. man, if I was in a position, if I was elected president, the first thing I would do as commander in chief, relieve him of command, have a joint FBI and military counterintelligence investigation with an indictment, court-martial him, and if found guilty, he would face a firing squad. Mm. I would I would put him under indictment. I, have, I would leave him up command immediately, court-martial him, and if found guilty, put him against the wall. He is the chairman of the chief of staff. Yes. He's the chairman of the chief of staff. And the joint chiefs, yes. Yeah. And, and I'll just explain what he did. He basically undermined President yes. Trump October 2019 and was communicating with the Chinese communists, with the Chicoms. He was communicating with the Chinese communists, explaining to them that if Trump decides to attack, he will let them know ahead of time. So they would know. At best, he should die in Leavenworth. Mm. But if there was sufficient grounds uncovered, he should face firing squad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is emboldened China. This is an a Chinese insurrection within of America. This is, a, of course, Woodward and Costa's allegation against Miley because they came out with their with their statement. And it's Woodward. Woodward is no <laughs> friend of, 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 of Trump. No, he's not. You know, uh, so Jacob, explain this to me. Can't, here's a general. Here's a president. And 
the CNN guys and media, of course, they're lying. But what they're saying is, well, it's, it's normal for generals to communicate with their counterparts in another country and explain their objectives. This is normal. This is part of the- When you say, when you countermand the commander in chief, when you violate the chain of command, putting your place, self in place of the commander in chief, and you communicate with an inimical foreign power saying you're going to give them information yeah. <laughs> to the strategic detriment of the United States, that man needs to be relieved of command and court-martialed. Yeah. Aiding and abating the enemy, no doubt. It's one of the scariest things I've ever seen, Jacob. I would volunteer. If I was a soldier, I'd volunteer to be in the firing squad if he was convicted. He needs to face court martial, but he won't. Yeah, he, he basically promised to warn China against look, any military operations. Look, they have this thing where real generals, and Petraeus was not perfect. He, he made mistakes, but he was a good general. Or, you know, him being one example. The establishment does not like real generals. They like politically, political bureaucrat generals in uniforms. They like people in the tradition of George Marshall. Polit politicians in uniforms. They don't like fighters. They like politicians. Wesley Clark is another one. Yeah, they like They're like cheap politician generals. And the tradition of Wesley Clark, and the tradition of George Marshall, and then in the tradition of, lo and behold, Miley. That's what the Democratic Party establishment likes. They don't like real soldiers. They like political bureaucrats pretending to be soldiers. Now, Jacob Woodward said, this is quote, quote, unquote, our intelligence agency agencies almost certainly knew about this call. And they've said nothing. No. The agencies know. It, it's, I just don't, I, I just don't think the American people really understand the kind of trouble we're in. I don't think the world really understands. Well, you know, when Nixon did it, he was justifiably impeached or threatened with impeachment. When Nixon did this, when he politicized the national security apparatus, although J. Edgar Hoover got away with it his whole life, Nick, Nixon did this. He was held to a public account for it. Yeah. Obama did the same thing and wasn't, and now well, Biden is doing yeah. the same thing and isn't. Yeah. Uh, and this is why it's so wrong, Jake. I mean, I know that people are, are, you know, CNN and they're spinning it and the media and the liberals are spinning it, but this is why it's so wrong. So, Within a matter of days after the scandal comes out, China uh, Navy uh, 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 boats, military boats are out near Alaska. They're they're going into U.S. territory, bold emboldened by this because it knows near, they near U.S. territory. Yes, uh, near those islands, near Alaska's islands. I forget the name Illusions. of them. Yeah, that's right. And within days, it, it's just a matter of they're emboldened. Oh, we said. They know Biden is a weak president. After Afghanistan, he's proven he's a weak, spineless, inept, incompetent, liar, clown. And they know it. So they're taking advantage of it. They're and angry. They're call. angry over the US Navy sailing through the um South China Sea towards right. the Gulf of Tonkin. And so right. they're retaliating. They're they're trying to claim international territory as their own. Including the Spradley Islands, Spradlin Islands, 
Right. They're doing this aggressively. They're threatening Taiwan. They don't like any military presence in the Straits of Taiwan. They claim right. that as their territory. And if you say it isn't, now they're going to come near your territory because once Trump was gone, they had a spineless, senile corruptocrat as commander-in-chief, and they knew they can get away with it. Just as Iran knows they can get away with it. Yeah. Just as anybody, Putin knows he can get away with it. Not only China knows, Jacob, that, but they're also going to get a phone call just in case they're going to get a phone call ahead of time. Uh, so th this, of course, and this is a straight from from uh, uh, the Global Times, which is a mouthpiece of the CCP. Uh, China sails into U.S. waters. They threaten to be in Hawaiian waters and the Car Car uh, Caribbean, uh, Guam and Carib in the Caribbean as well. Now, those are uh, pretty, pretty outlandish remarks. It's going from Hawaii to Guam to the Caribbean. Can China really get away with this, Jacob? When you have a Biden, yes. What the West is doing is orchestrating a united nuclear command in the Pacific. But it's going to take a lot of money. It's going to take time between Britain, America, and Australia. Right. It's ordered by Japan. It will have to be supported to a degree by Canada. But what they're essentially doing is they're creating an Anglosphere. Ultimately, it'll be India. It'll be Australia. It'll be USA, obviously, Great Britain. It'll be there, okay? That's what they'll do. Uh, Australia will now be able to manufacture its own nuclear submarines with the help of American and British technology, which has France very angry because they were purchasing their submarines from France. Now they're going to, Australia is waking up to the China threat and is realizing its need to have closer relations with Britain and America and uh, to make up for the lost time that let happen. When they were selling minerals from Western Australia to China left and right and the economy was booming in Western right. Australia because of it, they didn't think about defense. But you keep feeding a dragon, feeding a dragon. Once the dragon is big enough, it becomes a threat to you. How did it get so big? They didn't think strategically to begin with, but China did. This is the Australians. And then you have that ridiculous woman, that pathetic woman, Jacinda Ahern in New Zealand. Uh, how yeah, could the Kiwis have voted for, for a thing like that? She will not support it. She no. will not support it. Um, she but violated that was such a detestable hypocrite, you know. She violated the, the, the accord, the Five Eyes Accord, which is basically intelligence among yes. five nations, including the U.S., yes. and Australia. And she went right along with China. It basically yes. showed all the with China. Yes. Uh, of course, China's angry, Jacob, because, the, yeah, you're right. The naval alliance between Australia, the UK, and the US, which will allow Australia to at least have nuclear submarines and defend themselves, they know that the, the time is running short. But also, China knows that they can basically have car blanche. I put it this way they have car blanche in the South China Sea, they have car blanche into Taiwan, they have car blanche basically anywhere in the world because at least they're going to get a phone call if something happens. You know, there are things that can be done both economically and strategically to curtail China. But there's no political will to do it by yeah. the swamp. Absolutely right. Uh, Jacob, let's talk about Israel for a moment. 
just a quick moment before we get into the political side of it. Uh, although you, I guess you could say one is the same as the other, the health and the politics are the same now. Uh, but you got these uh, Israeli health minister, Nitsan Horowitz, who got caught in a hot mic. Uh, he said it publicly, I mean, not publicly, but yeah. you know, it was, it was, it was his, his voice. They had him on camera. Uh, that the, the passports that they're doing, and they're not really about health. Uh, we're just trying to coerce people into getting the, into getting the, the procedure. I mean, you yes. couldn't be outlandish in this. Well, it's interesting because in Israel, I have one. You have a teuda uh, zehut. Every Israeli has a national. Every Israeli has a national identity card. Right. Okay. Uh, it tells you your religion ethnicity, if you're a citizen or a permanent resident, which your, your civil status. Every Israeli has a teodazayut that they're required to carry. You can't vote without it. You can't open a bank account without it. You can't do anything. Israel has always had that kind of control because of the danger of Islamic terror. Yeah. Okay? Always had that control because of the danger of Islamic terror. They couldn't say to the Arab Israelis, about 25% of the population, you have to get it, the Jews don't. Right. So they have to give it to everybody. Right, but that's okay. not the green passport. No, but the other thing is Sephardic Jews and, and Yemenite Jews and Moroccan Jews can look Arab and some of them speak Arabic as their mother tongue, even though they know Hebrew. Right. Similar to Hispanics in the United States, some of them speak Spanish is their main language, even though they know English, something like right. that, uh, sociologically. <clears throat> so everybody's had this. My, mine was strange because I had a teu dazeut, had the teu dazeut, and it, 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 you know, and I had a teu da ole. Okay, but everybody has to have that. Okay. Uh, so Israelis have always had this registration of people by number. They've always had it, and you needed to, to, to do anything, almost anything. Um, and there are even further controls. If you want to go abroad, you have to have a certificate from the army saying that you have no reserve duty coming up. <laughs> <laughs> from the Milouim, it's called. Yeah. You know, it's always had these high kinds of controls. Um, so why is Israel pushing this passport if they already have those kind of population controls right. that are documented? Why are they pushing it? Uh, one possibility is it's part of an international agenda. It's not just a national one. It's part of an international one. I'm not saying it is. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but that would answer the question. Yeah, that I would think, answer, answer. I don't think the, conspiracy anymore, Jacob. Yeah, I, I, I think we're beyond beyond the, the okay. theory. Which is more. Okay. Of a, yeah. Okay, you could be right, but um, well, he or, says there's no epidemiological justification for it. He simply says it's to pressure you. <laughs> he says it's to pressure you. Uh, so yeah, th th there's something behind it, of course. And uh, uh, but you know they have these spikes now. These cases are spiking again, with the majority yeah, yeah. of the of the population already uh, uh, been. Yeah, having I, I've yet I've heard a Christian physician from China from the Christian Medical Fellowship of Australia. He was a Chinese Australian, 
and a qualified guy, and he was speaking on behalf of the vaccines, and he gave a pretty good presentation. But there was a problem in his presentation. How do you explain the high, quote unquote, breakthrough rates? Yeah. The people who are vaccinated and revaccinated yet still become COVID infected. Correct. Okay. If you talked about a breakthrough rate of 2% or 5% or even 10%, that's one thing. The breakthrough rates in Israel seem to be substantially higher. Yeah. I mean, they're talking fourth medical procedure already, fourth needle, uh, boosters every six months. I mean, it just, it doesn't end. There'll always be another strain. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, in, in the UK, uh, the passports have become an issue uh, because I, I think 10 Downing Street doesn't know what they're going to do and the people get oh, keep changing the regulation. Yeah. Moriel, you're going to need a vaccination passport. So Moriel, we canceled our conference for next year. The next day, the government said, no, you're not going to need a passport. So the conferences are back on. Now they're saying we might need, need one in the... In the, in the winter, winter time. Time. they you they keep changing. Yeah, uh, yeah. They this is from health. Whatever they say, it's almost like the news speak of 1984. <laughs> Everything is revisionist. They just yeah. say something that's completely contradictory to what they told you the previous time, and they expect you to believe what they're telling you now and ignore what they told you in the past, <laughs> as if as if they never said it. Yeah, it's almost like. Yeah. Again, it's, 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 it's Sovietism. Yeah, it's like, okay, confused? Yes, good. That's what we want you. We want you to be confused. You know, you know CNN and, and MSNBC and the Washington Post and the New York Times, they're closer to Pravda and its Vestia than they are to a traditional news outlet. Yeah, and most people that, that, that don't know, if the people that don't know, especially younger younger viewers, uh, those were the newspapers of the old Soviet Union. Yes. Uh, that basically were propagandas, basically yes. for the government. And uh, you never could get the truth. Uh, Jacob, one thing for sure, the UN is pressuring the UK uh, to consider to keeping your borders open uh, and change any anti-illegal immigrant bill. So they're putting pressure on Bojo, on Boris Johnson, uh, this is the UN, uh, because uh, Bojo has been wanting to rein back some of these uh, open border policies. Uh, the UN steps in and says, no, you don't. You're not going to do it. And I don't yeah, know. He's not, he's not as vulnerable to the muscle of Europe. Right. To the EU. So it's, it's the UN doing it. United because they, Yeah, they, they want the Afghanistan uh, uh, migrants to have safe routes and resettlement. This is their quote. First of all, we are not talking about Afghanis who worked as translators for the British military or, and their families. We're talking about people who simply want to come to Britain and go on welfare. Yeah. Which, which they see as uh, their right as a Muslim that the infidel, you know, has to pay the penalty for not being a Muslim. That's how they look upon dole and public benefit in non-Muslim countries. He's who, who's the Taliban sympathizer and who's not? You can't tell them apart. I mean, That's they, correct. Yeah. Uh, but then this is the UN Refugee Agency putting pressure on 10 Downing Street to make it happen. Yes. Yeah, it, it's already Melanie Phillips wrote an excellent article yesterday on this very issue.
Good. If you Google Melanie Phillips, her article is well worth reading. Jacob, let's talk about the economy. It's just not, it's not just the US, it's not just the UK, it's not just Australia, uh, it's, it's the world. It's the world economic problem. Uh, but here in America, I talked to you about this a little bit earlier, uh, Federal Reserve officials just came out today, including Chairman Powell, own, they own the securities that the US Central Bank has bought during this last year, especially last year with the shutdown. They bought the uh, securities and they're owned by the Federal Reserve officials, including Jerome Powell, our buddy Jerome Powell. Why, why is he not being suspended and criminally investigated with the possibility of indictment? I don't know, Jacob. I don't know why Miley's still See, there. I don't know why you got to understand something, what's happening here. If this is true, it's a two-stage double deal. It's two-stage institutionalized corruption. The first is the Fed itself. The Federal Reserve is an unelected branch of government that is not constitutional the way it is, it is in its present form, at least. It is not constitutional. It's an unelected fourth branch of government. The, the deep state being the fifth, but we're talking about the Federal Reserve. Yeah. And it does not represent the interests of the country. It is not an agency of the Treasury Department. It represents the interest of the international banks. Hmm. It's not there for America. It's there for Goldman Sachs, etc. For Morgan Stanley, it's not there for anything but the international banks, for the banksters. It's the, it is, it all, it may as well be owned and operated by the banksters who are responsible <laughs> for the subprime scandal and the SNL scandal that yes. the taxpayer had to bail out. That's the first thing you have to understand is an unconstitutional branch of government that exists for the benefit of the corrupt banking establishment to the detriment of the public and national interest. The next thing you have to understand is Powell has upped it. Now the people there are benefiting from it. Yeah. I've always warned about Janet Yellen is another one. Hmm. Uh, Oh, I got to ask you about Janet Yellen because she just came out, um, was it three days ago, probably Monday, about the debt ceiling. You know, there's always a problem with the debt yep. ceiling. You got to raise it up, got to raise it up. Now, she didn't just talk about raising it up. She says, if we, uh, if we don't, she actually proposed the idea, the unthinkable, Jacob, that uh, uh, a default on government payment obligations. Yep. They're talking yep. about defaulting not raising the debt limit, which they're probably going to do anyway. I'm not saying they're going to they're going to let this thing implode, but they're actually talking about defaulting on government uh, payment obligations. Is this? I've never seen anything like this. Well, this is what happens when you have a, a Federal Reserve system. <laughs> this was a time bomb. Yeah. And the the timer on the time bomb was set by Roosevelt. Mm. That's how far back it goes. Wow. It's a time bomb, and the timer on the time bomb was set by Roosevelt. That's how far back it goes. That is why they need a reset. Yeah. Now, now Jacob, bad enough as it is, Americans aren't working. You know, there's mandates. People are quitting, losing their jobs because of the mandates. Uh, Democrats' plan is to raise, dramatically raise taxes. Dramatically raise taxes. This is New York. Just one example. Uh, this is your home state. 
Uh, top earners in New York City, Jacob, combined city, state, and federal, 61% tax, according to the proposed Democrat uh, Democratic Party in the House of Representatives, okay. 61%. So what those people are going to do is have an apartment in Manhattan. They're going to have maybe a beach house in the Hamptons of Long Island. Okay. But they're going to have their official legal address as West Palm Beach, Florida. <laughs> Very true. That's what they're going to do. They're going to go to red states. Mm -hmm. They may keep an office. They may keep an apartment. They may keep a, 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 a vacation home in New York. Well, not New York City, though. No. Uh, New York City will just have an apartment, and they're going to leave. Those people who live in the townhouses on Fifth Avenue and in, and in the luxury buildings like the Dakota and things like that, these are the people you're talking about. Those people will have no problem, no problem buying, <laughs> buying a beautiful property in Boca Raton or mm. in West Palm Beach or some beachfront place in a red state. Watch for a boom taking place along the like Corpus Christi, Texas, that area, uh, on, the, on, on the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, you're going to see an exodus of people to, to these states. Uh, that's where their tax home is going to be. It's going to do more harm and create bigger deficits to the economy by raising taxes on those people hmm. because it's going to remove removed the tax base, the taxes they're already paying. So who's going to get hit worse? The middle class. Middle class. The middle, the rich always know how to protect their interest. Yeah. The real, the seriously wealthy people know how to play the game. It's, it's the dentist. It's the guy who owns a, a automobile garage and, you know, a mechanic who runs a garage and he's successful and is, he has a good business it's, it's yeah. going to be, you know, people like that. It's going to be the middle and upper middle class who are going to get shafted. Now, no, if they're Democrats who voted for these parts, well, I hope you get, I, I wish it was 91%. If you're a Democrat and, and, and you voted for, for somebody like Cuomo or de Blasio or for, for Obama or for Biden, I wish it was 91%. I have no sympathy for you. Yeah, but for the other people, I feel very sorry for them. Yeah, the Blasio actually is uh, looking to impose more mandates on top of the taxes. So that came out to me. Uh, Jacob, where did all the people go? Where did all the people go? No one's working anymore. Uh, th this is 69% of global companies. We're not talking the United States only here, although we've been talking about that in a minute. Um, stunning, 69% of global companies have a hard time finding anybody to hire and work for them. Global, uh, in, in the UK, 50,000 doctors short. I mean, we're short full of 50,000 doctors for the, the, the national health system. This is unprecedented. I can't imagine ever anything happening like that before. There are two things I will tell you. With the lower paid service sector jobs, when you're paying people social benefit, they have a disincentive to work because the difference between the dole, the handout they're getting, 
and what they would make stocking shelves in, you know, Asda or something, or what's the other, Walmart or something. Yeah. It's not that much money. But now you're talking about other people. Now you're talking about the middle class and upper middle class and, and shortages. You have a situation where, I've said this once before, in the breakdown of the system, things that normally would have been mutually exclusive are concurrent. Yeah. Stagflation. It happened in like 1972 to 74 with Vordnat. Stagflation. Stagflation. Where you have inflation, right? And recession at the same time. Normally, when the interest rates go up, you have a recession that brings down inflation. Right. In the Nixon-Ford recession, you had stagflation. You had inflation and you had <laughs> recession simultaneously. Okay. Yeah. Boy. Okay. And the Democrats are no better, of course. So, so that's what you had. Uh, okay. Things that are mutually exclusive. Now you've got labor shortage and unemployment simultaneously. Things that in a conventional economic cycle, even a Keynesian one, would have been yeah. mutually exclusive are concurrent. These things are symptomatic of a system that's gone haywire. Mm. It, it's, it's like a computer that begins doing things that make no sense. <laughs> Jacob, hospitals are struggling. This is worldwide. Uh, nurses staffing are struggling just to keep the just to keep the very basic uh, uh, yep. um, staff on on site. Uh, nurses are quitting because they're being uh, they're they're leaving one hospital that's requiring and mandating uh, passports, and they go into another hospital uh, that is maybe a little more lenient on it. Uh, but I guess at some point it's not going to matter. I, I've heard about this hospital in New York that will no longer uh, do maternity uh, deliveries because of they don't have the, the staff anymore. You have to go to another hospital that has it. it it's, it's in shambles. Well, you have to understand something. There was already a problem in America before Obama made it worse mm. with Obamacare, which was non-care, where you had two health systems, one for the people who worked for companies that had good policies, good healthcare, Blue Cross, Blue Shield in America, things like that. And then you had the government subsidize one, okay? By making a whole thing a government subsidized one, you drag down the system. <laughs> you wind <laughs> up with what you have in England. Oh. Even before the present mess, there were waiting lists. You had a 36% better chance of surviving cancer in the United States than you did in Great Britain. Cardiovascular disease, similar. Despite all the problems financially of the American system, in terms of saving lives, it worked better. Mm. Once you socialize it, it doesn't. Now, who's going to be the, the ones who can't get to the private hospitals? It's going to be the people who voted for their own death. Mm. It's going to be blacks. It's going to be minorities. It's going to be stupid people who voted for Obama and Biden. 
wanted Obama, thinking that that it was going to make health care for everybody? They were that yeah, stupid? Yeah. No, it, it makes it worse. Yeah, the more was, socialism you have, the less well something works. Yeah, it was sold as uh, the, 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 the deal of... Uh... The deal of the decade. Here we go. Free health care. Everybody's going to be happy. Well, Social Security was the same. Yeah. The government sells it as something, but now it's broke. <laughs> uh, and, Jacob, and, and, and with the abortion rate, there's not enough of the next generation to keep Social Security solvent. That's what we have such a Every, short Unless it is something constitutionally ordained like defense, anything the government touches turns to muck. Yeah. yeah. Government should only do for people what they cannot do for themselves. Mm. And speaking of government intervention, of course, they've been trying to uh, get social welfare and social care into these cities for a long time, Jacob, minority cities. And uh, look at them now. Uh, the economic troubles and the problems in the inner cities are so bad. Now you have fentanyl infested neighborhoods, cesspools, of millions plunging into this hellish experience. I've shown you the video in Philadelphia, Baltimore, LA, New York, people just zombies, zombies, young people. I mean, younger than like my kid's age, you know, fentanyl and, 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 and worse, that, that synthetic form of, of fentanyl, who's like 30 times, 100 times stronger than the normal one, than, than, yeah. than heroin or meth. I remember in the early 1970s when I was in university, I remember one day or two days, I took a walk through Newark, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, through the black neighborhoods. And I saw what it was. Every single street had some kind of federally funded community program. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was supposed to help the community. If you, and, and nationally, I don't know if you can calculate how many tens of billions, if not probably hundreds of billions of dollars have gone into these kind of programs. Yeah. Maybe, probably, I'm talking trillions. Yeah. Of being conservative. I've, every block had something. And you walk through Newark, New Jersey now, it's no better. Hmm. It's no different. And first crack cocaine. Then there was junkies. It was smacked. It was heroin. But then came the crack cocaine, the freebasing of the crack cocaine. And now it's fentanyl. Yeah. It, it, it's worse. Yeah, it is worse. I mean, there are Bowery's. The Bowery in New York was where the de derelict drunks used to hang out. They all went there. That mm -hmm. was their mecca for the, for the, socially degenerate due to alcohol abuse, the, the Bowery in New York. Um, you have Bowery's all over the place, not based on alcoholism, but based on fentanyl. <laughs> yeah. Fentanyl Bowery's. Yeah. All over the place. The economic suffering, Jacob, that, that's going on in the nation is just intensifying all this. And yet, and it's been proven, most of the drugs come from China through the border up to the East Coast of the United States. So, and don't protect the border. Yeah. And give China a free round, free, free, free range to do whatever they want. Well, um, you know, I remember during the Vietnam era, 
they called it sweet rice when the CIA's Air America was flying oh. in Southeast Asia. The CIA was flying it. They were in the heroin business. Yeah. This is the federal under Nixon. They were in the heroin. They, Air America was actually flying smack. They were making deals with the opium warlords to try to control the Ho Chi Minh Trail and Laos and things like this. And they were in league. They actually were flying smack. <laughs> this is the CIA. It, there was even a, a movie made about it by Mel Gibson, but I knew about it way before then. I knew an Air America pilot who told me what was happening. I knew I knew another guy who was special forces told me what was happening. I, uh -huh. I, I knew about it from certain books and things, but I, I met people who were there when it was going on. Uh, there's an opium museum I've been to in the Golden <laughs> Triangle of Northern Thailand. Really? It's an opium wow, museum, yeah. and it goes back and it tells you about the Boxer War and how the British bought the opium and all this stuff, <laughs> control the Chinese and all this, and the Boxer Rebellion. It, it, it's really, it was an interesting museum. And one of the exhibits in the museum was the CIA in the heroin business. It's what? in a museum. You can go to the museum. Tourists <laughs> go to it. Oh, my goodness. It's up, oh, it's up at the top of the Golden Triangle where Laos and Burma, Myanmar and, and Thailand come together. You know, it was about five, six hours drive north of Chiang Mai from the Moriel base. Right. Uh, Moriel base is at the, Moriel's facility is at the base of the Golden Triangle. This is up at the northern tip of it, going <laughs> up towards China on the Mekong River. There's a museum, a museum, and one of the exhibits is Air America, CIA flying heroin. Incredible. French Secret Service were involved in it. When it was French Indochina, the French government was involved in it, in the heroin trade. This is not new. Right. This is not new stuff. Yeah. Government intervention. Another government intervention, uh, Jacob, is the school and education, government schools. Uh, I, I think I played that video for you about the mayor of Ohio Yes. A city in Ohio who, who went to the school board. Uh, he went to the meeting of the school board and, and demanded that they be uh, that they resign or they'll be charged criminally for child pornography. And I'll, I'll tell you very quickly the story. Yes, uh, there, was a book, yes. there was a book, uh, 642 Things to Write About to high schoolers, where they would write about, uh, you had to write two things. One, write a sex scene that you would show your mother, uh, or you could actually show your mom and write a sex scene that you wouldn't show your mom. Whatever your imagination is, some sex scene that you have to not show your mom and one that would show your mom. This is high school. This is ninth grade, 10th grade uh, on a book, 640 things to write about, 642 things to write about. So he demanded that they, they either quit or they're going to be charged criminally for uh, disseminating pornography to minors. I disagree with him. I disagree with him respectfully. They should not either quit or be or, or be charged. They should be fired and be charged. No, yeah, fired and be charged. I, I agree. Uh, Mayor Craig Schubert demanded that there be consequences. But you know, the school board says, you know, uh, you know, we're just going to take it down. You know, we're sorry. Uh, it should not gotten oh, this far. Somebody should go to jail for a long time, yeah. and probably more than one person. 
I know, but this is our school system. And then state schools are no, uh, the state universities are no are not this, are, are no different, Jacob. This is from Virginia Tech. An instructor who on his syllabus apologizes for being white and having privilege for being a Scottish and Irish background. And he's been privileged all his life. So he has to apologize to his students before he even enters into the classroom. Uh, this is Virginia Tech uh, University. Teaching a class to students apologizes for being white. Oh man, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I could go on, Jacob. Honestly, I want to get off it's this. Racism. Road. It's just racism. Yeah. Worst. Facebook and its employees uh, are facilitating um, child trafficking, sex yep. trafficking. Um, this is, of course, this is a, a, a an article that came on the Wall Street Journal. So it's not just hearsay. Wall Street Journal printed it. Stories leaked from Facebook's uh, documents, exposing embarrassing stuff, Jacob, meaning that they, they can flag things uh, along the lines of drug cartel and things like that. But they, Facebook says they don't have enough people. They don't have enough staff to flag everything. And so things go on in Facebook, especially yeah. in different countries, selling kids, uh, sex trafficking women, uh, women that go in for job interviews because they claim to be employing a, employee, employer agencies. And they go in there and they go to this interview and they get sequestered and taken to Saudi Arabia. And well, that Facebook was going on for years. And of course, the Bush and Cheney administration knew it and said yeah. not a word. Um, yeah. Again, this is not new. It's just that they're using social media to promote it. Absolutely. Now, this now, if, if it was somebody who was pro-life or opposed to same-sex marriage or somebody who, who was challenging the scientific evidence for vaccines, Facebook would have the manpower to censor them. <laughs> this is the craziest thing. So they but, said- uh, Human traffickers, children are sex slaves. They don't have the manpower for that. That's right. Now, this has been brought up to uh, the Department of the uh, DOJ and they brought up to the Attorney General. Garland They've done nothing about care. it. Garland doesn't care. Same like Holder. Remember Holder had the same issue about pornography and he said, well, they have the right to free speech, free speech, First Amendment right on pornography. Even though it was affecting little kids, Holder knew it. That was Holder. About it. That, oh. man, that man is almost inevitably damned to hell. Oh. Eric Holder is inevitably damned to hell. I don't know. It's almost impossible for someone like him to repent to become a Christian. Almost impossible. Jacob, to, uh, uh, to move into the Middle East, Iran and Israel, of course, they have tremendous tension still. Uh, Benny Gantz comes out today or a couple of days ago, and it says Israel can live with new, uh, with the new Iran nuclear deals. This is, yeah. this is Gantz. They, we can live with it. Now, I don't know what he means by we can live with it, but he also threatened Tehran if they come up with any, uh, develops any nukes. Now, your take. Obviously, we're not in his, in his mind and his brain. What, well, Gantz has always been a man who speaks out of both sides of his mouth. All right. He's always been. What he's trying to say is, or trying to make people think he believes is, if there is a deal that will stop Iran from getting nuclear weapons that can be agreed, we don't have a problem with it. All right. But right. if they get the weapons, we, he has to... He has to Acquiesce, I guess. Partially nullify that by saying if they get the weapons, we have a right a right to act. Wow. So he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth, and as usual, like any politician, he's saying nothing. 
<laughs> now, Iran, of course, doesn't have the deal yet, but Europe is for it. Uh, seemingly, Biden would be for it. Of course. Uh, but, but they're also circumventing the, the sanctions, Jacob. Iran is actually into the mining business. Of course, know, Bitcoin, mining. Bitcoin, yes. Yeah. Uh, to the tune of, according to the, the Economic Committee of Iran and their parliament, about 700 a day. This is from their statistics. They're mining about 700 Bitcoins a day. That's a lot of money going through Iran to, to circumvent the sanctions that have been put on them. Iran, it's, it's, it, they got the money. They got the deal. They might even get the weapons now. Of course. Yeah, and, and, and I don't know if Israel, I, I don't know what's your take on Bennett and, and, and Iran. Is he, is, he pretty, is he pretty hardliner with them? Naftali Bennett? Yeah. Yeah, he's a politician first and foremost. Mm. He's not an ideologue. He's a politician. You know, he went to uh, uh, Cairo. He met with uh, uh, the, the Egyptian general CC, and nothing came from it. Nothing. Uh, you know, there's not going to be an, an Israeli. See, there could be a solution to Gaza if Israel and Egypt work together. Right. But that's not happening. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with that, Jacob. But I know this for sure. In Israel, there's been, and, and I don't know if you if you heard about it, these perhaps seismic activity. I'm not sure. Uh, several buildings near Tel Aviv showing cracks near collapsing. Fifth in a few days. Uh, seismic activity, major earthquake coming along the area there. Remember, Israel is on the Syrian-African rift. Yes. It's the largest fault zone laterally, longitudinally in the world. Right. Okay. Uh, it's on the rift. I was in near Tiberias, north of Tiberias on the Sea of Galilee, not too long ago, but I was there. Uh, a few years ago, and there were three minor earthquakes, tremors, within two days. One at wow. five in the morning and shaking the building and things like that. Okay. There was a massive earthquake in 1927. There is a fissure directly under the Mount of Olives that crosses the Kidron and goes underneath the Temple Mount. Wow. There was a massive earthquake in 1927 that knocked down most of the Mosque of Omar. Whoa. Suppose such an earthquake happened again, yeah. knocked down the Mosque of Omar and made a way for the reconstruction of the temple. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just putting it out there yeah. as something that people should be aware of. Interesting. Now, the Bible speaks of earthquakes, of course, Jacob, and uh, even uh, the book of Revelation speaks of earthquakes in Israel. Yeah. Yes, it does. Uh, in Jerusalem, particularly, also. Yeah. But, um, you see, Israel has all concrete construction. There's very little wood construction. Oh. Everything in Israel is concrete, and the newer buildings are steel-reinforced concrete. Okay. Mm. But some of the older buildings in Israel are like, remember the earthquake in China when all the buildings got knocked down? Yeah. In China, once you leave Beijing and Pudong and things like that in Shanghai, a lot of the construction in China is cheap cement. It's <laughs> not real concrete. It's right. cheap cement. It's not, you know, it's, and when the earthquake hit that time, it, there was nothing to stop it. Well, yeah. the more modern construction in Israel 
is steel reinforced concrete. Hmm. But some of the older buildings from these uh, before the state existed, going back to the British mandate when the Zionist wow. movement was happening, a lot of those are not steel reinforced concrete. They're just concrete or they're still standing. Yeah, they're, they're there and they'll be all right unless there's a, a big enough earthquake. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, Jacob, to conclude today's uh, episode, um, a couple of things. Uh, we've been talking about the Great Reset pretty much uh, for all of last year, once it became known, and obviously people played it out to be this great conspiracy theory, uh, which and it, it was not. I mean, we have the, the audio, the videos, and the, and the articles of major, major profile leaders in the world who are all talking about it. And of course, the World Economic Forum uh, bases are all exist its all ex uh, whole existence on it. Uh, yeah. Now we have this idea that's being floated around of carbon credits, carbon credit, personal carbon allowance, what they call the PCA, where basically you're going to have mandatory personal carbon credit to your person. Yes. Be able to use them like a budget, and you'll be able to fly, you'll be able to drive, you'll be able to wash your clothes. You know, get on the internet, that type of that type of thing, uh, with your carbon credit. And if you fall short, you can actually buy them from somebody who has extra. Now, this is the new brave, you know, brave new world that they want to come up with, where everything is going to be regulated by carbon, carbon regulation. And of course, the World Economic Forum is uh, very big on this because it says we need to we need to control people's carbon usage, uh, what you things. eat, what you wear. Yeah, there's three things to be aware of. First of all, organic microchips. Oh. Once you have microchips that are made from carbon and they already exist, when you have carbon microchips, they have the potential to be bio-interactive. Mm. Okay? It has a, if it's carbon, carbon chip, it has the potential to be bio-interactive. Wow. In other words, implantable. Yeah, in your, in your body, yeah. Okay, that's the first thing. Second, in China, they invented it, but now they want it elsewhere, the social credit scoring. Right. Oh, man. This is a follow-up. Social credit scoring looks like it's political oppression. People won't buy it in the West. Right. What they do in China. So we will get environmental credit scoring. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. That's crazy. That's crazy. And it's absurd those... because China is bu building. <laughs> China is building coal-fired plants left and right, three yeah. three times faster than the rest of the world put together. <laughs> Pollution has been going down in the United States for twenty years. Industrial yeah. pollution has been going down, not not going down fast enough for my money but certainly going down. They're ignoring what China is actually doing to the global yeah. economy. It is not about the environment. environment. Yeah. If it was, if it was the strategic threat of China would be dominated by China's contribution disproportionately to the global environmental health. Yeah. What China is doing to water what China is doing to air, what China is 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 is, is doing with thermal pollution. 
if the, the left really cared about the environment the way they're saying, they would be taking a hard line against China, but they're not. They're not. No, no. They've taken a hard line against Australia, try to get them to stop their coal producing and by 2030. So you got, they got nine years to stop all coal production in Australia, which is a big part of their, their economy, of course. Uh, Jacob, how does this tie into, uh, we talked about this before, blockchain technology and this idea of the QR code. The QR code has come into prominence now because of the virus. Uh, people are using it. Australia is using it to get into churches, to get into supermarkets. It's being used uh, through we the vaccine. We all know that blockchain currencies, fiat currencies, blockchain currencies, we all know that implantable microchips, like very chips, we know mandatory inoculations that don't work, we, we may not work. We know what these things are coming to. I don't say that any of these things are the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast will be a permit to buy or sell. Ultimately, you will need to have that. And you won't get it unless you worship the beast. Mm. But it's obviously preparing the way for it. Now, I know how this ends. I know what we're coming to. I can tell you exactly how all this is going to come together and how it is going to end. I'm reading from the book of Revelation, chapter 16, verse 2. And the first angel with the vials of wrath went and poured out his vial into the earth. And it became a loathsome and malignant sore upon the men who had the mark of the beast mm. and who had worshipped his image. Mm. Somehow the implantable technology, the carbon-based chipping, whatever it is going to be, QR coding, if it's on an organic chip, bio-interactive and implantable, somehow it is going to result in a kind of malignancy. It's going to have a delayed side effect hmm. that is going to come upon all those who take it and worship the Antichrist. Very fascinating. It may not be God cursing them directly. It may be the result of their own actions. Hmm. He pours out the bowl or the vial, it became loathsome and a malignant sore. The vial could be the consequence of their own action. Right. That's very interesting. Yeah. Ten years ago, Jacob, if you if we would have talked about this, we probably would have been considered crazy people because the, the this idea. That yeah. it was coming through a QR code and things like that. It, it was. Yeah, well, now it's now it's now people who don't talk about it are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> now it, it's even a step further than we even are talking about Jacob because MIT, this Smithsonian, they've all talked about this idea of genomic uh, uh, big data, where yeah. actually it's not just going to be your personal information, but you, your DNA will yeah. be. QR codes through blockchain technology. You can't alter it. You can't change it. It's personally you. And it'll be used like a plugin. You can add all these things to your QR code, your data, but it'll be you. 
and 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 this gentleman, uh, this this genomics, Dr. Church, he actually wants to put it in a tattoo underneath the surface of the skin, so you can scan it with any smartphone. So it'll be in you, uh, and it'll be part of you because it is you. He says it's your DNA in the QR code through blockchain technology. Yeah, unreal. You see, right now that stuff doesn't work all that well yet. Right, but genomic technology will get better. <laughs> It's scary. Look, I, I did this DNA test uh, to see if Ancestry.com was right in what it was saying. Some of the things it, it agreed, uh, although I know my ancestors were from Germany, I have zero German DNA, zero, okay? And there was DNA from Hazers. The Hazers were the people who intermarried with the Jews and became the Ashkenazi Jews. I had on the map, they, that's where they came from, the Chazers. And that was that. Uh, but another one I did, and, and, and the maternal stuff was all Celtic. Yeah. My, my mother said it was all Celtic. But one said that I had some Viking DNA, Nordic DNA. <laughs> and then not the other one said, I was four and a half percent American Indian, Native American. Wow. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like doing a hatchet job on heretics. I don't know. <laughs> it's oh, not man. that good yet. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There have been, there've been identical twins, identical twins that have had varied DNA. Yeah, severe. Ancestral readings. Okay. Yeah, it's not that good yet. Yeah. But it's going to get better. Yeah. That's the scary part. And it's going to be part of our society. In fact, QR codes are part of our society now, whether we like them or not. Yep. Australia, it's it's the poster child for this. And it's going all to, the uh, stuff you do, like if you go, well, if, if you, anything, like any kind of DNA testing or DNA identification, um, eye scanning, fingerprinting, anything like that will, will one day wind up in a centralized data bank. Yeah. <laughs> Controlled by, probably they want to control it, the WEF, the w, the yeah. World Economic Forum, for sure. Um, that's going to be interesting. So we got to keep Eye on scans, that. scans, retina scans. Yeah. All yeah. of this stuff, I mean, it'll yeah, be impossible to evade it. Yeah, I remember the WEF wants to scan your heart too through a laser to recognize yes. where you are, like the heartbeat. Uh, Jacob, let's <laughs> conclude with this. Uh, we have uh, uh, from last week or the week before, sorry, uh, we had a, uh, just somebody had uh, commented on the fact about Darren Seals. Uh, Darren Seals, and we, we stated that he was part of the Black Lives Matter, founder one of the Black Lives Matter. Uh, it was an article that you read, uh, but it turns out that he might not have been one of the founders from the Black Lives Matters. He might have been associated with them, but maybe not a founder of it. So it's, somebody it's, wants some to... some reports said he was. Yeah. Others said he was involved in other similar such organizations. Yeah. But what we got wrong was the date. The thing was republished, and we had the year wrong. We yeah, had yeah. the year. Now the facts we reported happened, but yeah. the year was wrong, and we yeah. corrected it. Yeah, so we appreciate those who comment on it. And, and like yeah, I yeah. stated, we're not, uh, you know, we're, we're yeah. pastors and teachers. We're not newscasters. Yeah. Or anything and what like we that. said about Patrice Cullors was true. She was a founder. Yeah, absolutely. That, that is true. Yes, she has a house not too far 
um, you know, from Topanga Canyon. So <laughs> no, in Topanga Canyon, in Topanga Canyon and uh, in Florida as well. So uh, anyway, we thank we thank those who comment, at least they're listening and they're paying attention. So we yes. appreciate that and uh, uh, always uh, verifying information. It's always good to get the, to the bottom of it and the truth of it. Uh, Jacob, that's all the time we got. Uh, I want to leave you with the last words and just some encouragement and uh, reminders to believers of what's going on in the world. Surely we want to, like I said earlier, stop the world. I want to get off. Absolutely. I, I, I can't imagine anything uh, happening like this, but it turns out that the Bible says things will go worse and worse. And so uh, I can't imagine it, but I trust that Jesus uh, yeah. will be with us even until the, until the end of the age. Jacob, final words. Final words. I know what's happening I know it's depressing. I know it's frustrating. I know all that. I think we all know that. But if we keep fixed on Jesus and we hold to his word, no matter what's happening, no matter how quickly it happens, because of Jesus, I read the end of the book. <laughs> And in the end, we win. In Christ, we cannot possibly lose. If we remain in him, we cannot possibly lose. Satan knows his time is short. These things are gaining momentum prophetically. We know that. But I read the end of the book. Victory is certain for those who are in Christ Jesus. May, by his grace, we remain in him. Thank you so much for joining us, and God bless. Thank you, Marco. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Jacob. God bless you. Have a great evening. You as well.